Hello and welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Nails here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Debman, and I'm joined, as I am every week, by Mr. Shane Reeves. So one of the things we always say is you can tell how good a cigar shop is if the reps come to the shop on their own time. <laughs> Although it, he did have his iPad with him, so I'm pretty sure this wasn't entirely a social call. Well, the owner's not here, so it's definitely okay. now it's a social call. Well, well, this is one of those things I love about doing the podcast is we were all set up to record for the week, and we were just getting things sorted. And one of my favorite guests that we've ever had on the show, and no, I don't say that about everybody. I appreciate it. Um, is a longtime friend of mine and uh, one-time guest of the show, uh, Sean Hardiman with General Cigars. Yep, yep. We're glad to be back. So last time we had Sean on the show was episode 43 for those that would like to go back and listen to it. Got a whole new batch of questions for you this time. It's into the new year. It's 2018. I want to hear where General's gone, where you've gone, where life is. But first, we have to light a cigar. Tell them, tell them what we're going to be smoking tonight. On your recommendation, Trey and I both purchased the same cigar. Yeah, this is the CAO Pallone. So the CAO Pallone is a very unique cigar. They're, the tobacco it goes through the fermentation process in a circular pallone. So the pallone is where all the tobacco, it's like a pile of tobacco that, that ferments. So it's a slower fermentation when it's in the circular pallone. So this, this, this takes a lot more time. This is like slow cooking barbecue. So you're getting a lot of flavor out of this cigar. It's just a medium bodied cigar, nothing more than that, but it has more flavor per puff than any medium bodied cigar I've ever smoked. So I've got to ask you a neophyte question here. It says on the band, created by Rick Rodriguez. Who is he? So Rick Rodriguez is uh, he's our master blender for CAO Cigars. He's also uh, one of the funniest guys in the cigar business. Very interesting dude who's got, uh, he's, he's a crazy good score, uh, storyteller. So he's one of the best storytellers in the industry. He's got a tremendous background in tobacco. He, he, he learned about the industry events, tobacco, the culture, everything from Benji Menendez um, to the grandfather of the Partagas brand here. Uh, Benji's, Benji's a legend in our industry, and, and he took uh, Ricky under his wing. So Ricky is very much a, an extension of Benji. Okay. So yep. I've, I've got a crazy question. Is there a blender certification program? I mean, can, do blenders have abbreviations after their name? No. We call Ricky Esquire. No, just, no, we, uh, no it, it's, it's, it's kind of ironic, though. There, a lot of the blending that actually happens is going to happen directly in the factory from the factory guys. And then it transfers to you know, sales reps or salespeople, and they try the cigars. They give their feedback, and then that'll lead our company to tweak blends or other companies. That, that's how they tweak their blends. Their sales guys or their marketing teams will give them feedback on what they think about the cigar, whether it's something that the people in the uh, our consumers are going to enjoy. Does it fit in with certain brands? All those things. Um, but there's but there is. It's not a school, but you you, you got to spend a lot of time in the factory, and you have to spend a lot of time smoking tobacco in pure format, so you understand which tobaccos work with each other. And Ricky Ricky's one of the best at that. I mean, we've seen significant growth with CAO as a brand as soon as we let Ricky run wild with it because Ricky has a tremendous palate and his knowledge of the industry is phenomenal. I mean, 
you're going to be hard-pressed to find anybody that knows more about the process, knows more about the individual tobaccos, knows, knows how to keep a room uh, interested in, in, in what he has to say. Ricky brings a lot to the table uh, for General Cigar Company. He's like the heart and soul of, of General Cigar. He, tremendous guy, salt of the earth guy, and he really, really, really knows what he's doing. Benji trained him incredibly well. So you mentioned something that kind of sparked a question that, that I've always wondered. You know, General has a dozen brands under its umbrella. And oh, yeah. so when, when you're blending a new cigar, are you blending it for the CAO or, for, or do you blend a cigar and go, this tastes more like a punch or like it fits in more with Partagas? Or is it, is it that or are you blending it for the, for the brand? Yeah, it'll happen both ways. Some of the, some of the projects... A cigar will get earmarked to be, say, a La Gloria Cubana. But we want to put a different spin on, say, Macanudo. So we'll use that blend. It was originally going to be a La Gloria, but then we're going to use it as a Macanudo because we feel like it would bring something different to the portfolio of Macanudo. I get the feeling you can't tell us, but that actually happened so, at some point. It may or may not have. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it happens like that all the time. That's okay. fairly common. What you're going to do is... You take a blend, you smoke it, and then you're gonna you're gonna really figure out where does it fit within these lines. And then sometimes you're gonna figure out, hey, where does it not fit? Where would this be innovative for that brand? Is this something that's gonna be something new for this brand? Is this something new for the consumers that smoke Macanudo? Is this new for the consumers that's been smoking Punch for 20 years? Is this something different that we can put out there under those name brands? So th- there's a lot of that that happens. We'll we'll come up with something. Uh, and then we'll, we'll look at it, we'll smoke it, and we'll say, you know what, that would be something great to throw at the Macanudo consumer. We think that they're really going to enjoy this blend. So sometimes we'll blend specifically for the brand, but a lot of the times we just come up with something, and then we'll kind of find a role for it, or we'll find, find a company that it fits within. So break it down for me, nuts and bolts time. Mm-hmm. How much of the flavor of the cigar is the processing, the treatment, the aging, the curing, whatever method you use, and how much of it is the crop? You know, we talk a lot about Dominican tobacco versus Nicaraguan tobacco Mm -hmm. and all the different regions it comes from. Can you process a piece of Dominican tobacco where it tastes Nicaraguan, or how how does that break down? How's nuts and bolts of that break down? To a certain extent, Every region, even if you're growing the same seed as another region, that region's going to produce a different flavor profile altogether. I mean, Ecuadorian Sumatra seed is the perfect example. You smoke Cameroon, and it's, it's a toothy-looking wrapper. It's slightly metallurgical in flavor. It'll have some coffee notes in the background, but it's going to it'll even have like a light spice to it. It'll taste completely different than Ecuadorian Sumatra, even though they're the same seed. So Ecuadorian Sumatra is, is incredibly savory. It's almost a salt-driven tobacco. It tastes very salty. It's got a lot of spice. It's got a lot of body. And, that's, and it's completely different than Cameroon, which is going to be more of a mild tobacco with a lot of flavor. So you, you look at it, they're the same exact seed, except one's grown in Cameroon, Africa. The other one's grown in Ecuador. Uh, so, so it's going to provide a completely different experience when you're smoking it. But fermentation, for me, is is the most important part of the process. I mean, just take this Pallone. If you just had this blend, and this blend was year-and-a-half-old tobacco, it, this, this would be a full-bodied cigar. But this is three-year-old-plus tobacco. So this is going to be a medium-bodied cigar with a lot of flavor versus something that's a year-and-a-half-old 
that's going to hit you pretty hard and it's going to be on that full body side of things but it's not going to have a ton of flavor it's just going to be more spice so so the older tobacco equals milder tobacco younger tobacco equals stronger tobacco so you can't change flavor profiles from aging from fermentation i mean that's that's the way that our industry we can be innovative uh even if you're using the same seed varieties or using the same growing region you can change fermentation and you can change that cigar completely it's you can make them totally different even if it's the same exact blend I think a perfect example of that is the Fuma Encorda that we talked about last time you were on the show. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's such a unique uh, fermentation process, and it really doesn't make just make up just a ton of the cigar. It's just a little bit in there, but you can really taste the way that fermentation process influences the flavor of the cigar. Oh, yeah, it dominates the flavor profile of that cigar 100%. And, and, and that's because, like you said, it's a unique process. There's no one, no one in this industry is doing anything remotely close to it. I mean, the closest you'd find is Indulo tobacco that you're getting in the Dominican Republic. But Indulo's got some harshness to it. The Brazilian is more sweeter, so it's a little bit different, uh, and it, it does bring something completely different to the table. And even just fermentation periods, even the time, how, what, how much heat are you putting that tobacco through is that tobacco at 130 degrees is it at 150 degrees things like this can change the, f- the flavor profile of that tobacco and the body significantly so for me fermentation has always been the most important part of the process i mean you have to start with good tobacco you're not going to turn you know horrible tobacco into great tobacco through fermentation but you can turn you know b-level tobacco into a-grade tobacco flavor wise through proper fermentation and in and, and the proper processes and just letting the hands of time do their thing. I mean, that's the most important thing. Are the fermentation processes another place for experimentation and innovation, or is that pretty much set by generations of experience? So traditionally, it's been done, like a manufacturer will do their fermentation the same way all the time. That's what they do. That's their bread and butter. General Cigar Company is, is one of the only companies out there that really Take the Pallone, for example. I mean, the circular Pallones versus the square Pallones. It's a cooler fermentation. So because it's going through a cooler fermentation, it takes more time to ferment. So that's how you're going to get that more flavor. It's a different flavor profile altogether. You can tweak how you ferment tobacco to change the flavor profile. So it is a a great way to be innovative. It's a great way to try new things. It's a a great way to, to, to change one blend from another even though you're using some of the same seed varieties if you if you if you were to use the same seeds maybe from the same growing regions you can change fermentation and just change everything so yeah i mean the the other thing is too is you'll have you'll see experimental plots where you're trying different seeds in different climates uh so in mau in the mau valley i mean the the partagas ramoni ramon's a perfect example we took seeds from 1967 and through eight growing seasons in four years we, we had enough that we could actually use it in a project, but we didn't know how that tobacco was going to react. We didn't know if that tobacco would get blue shank, blue mold, or would have some sort of, some sort of issue or wouldn't grow right. It's all experimentation at that point, a lot of trial and error. Now, do most blenders start out as rollers, or do you start out saying, I'm going to be a blender? It actually goes, it goes both ways. It, there's, um, there's a lot of guys out there that are tremendous, tremendous cigar blenders, uh, like Yuri Guillen, uh, who does a lot of a lot of work in our Dominican factory, and he works in all three of our factories. But Yuri, he's uh, he works 
close with La Gloria Cubana and he travels and does events with La Gloria Cubana. And he's a guy that has been with the with the company in all walks of that that process, that cigar making process. He's held positions in in every part of that process and now he does blend work as well for the company. So you can have it where where you could have a guy like myself, like Ricky Rodriguez was was a rep and then became um, a master blender through working with Benji and learning from him. So you could come from any walk of life. You can come from, you can be someone that's lived in the Dominican Republic, born and raised, or Nicaragua, and then you learn that vast experience from being in the factory, or you can learn, like Ricky did, right from a master blender himself, and you learn from him, and even though you're a sales rep, you're working towards becoming that master blender. So these guys kind of come from all walks of life. I don't really think there's that many cigar blenders out there. I think that most of the time the cigars are getting blended in the factory and then guys will sit there and they'll smoke eight, nine samples and they'll make a decision. You know, at General Cigar, it's very different than that. You have guys like Ricky that, that's your job. That's, that's it's a core part of what they do. Um, and those guys, like Ricky, like Benji, like Yuri, those are guys that are going to see this thing through from the beginning to the end of the project. They're not just jumping in at the final, at the final, at the finale, and and picking out one out of nine blends and saying, "Oh, this is the one I really like. This is the one we need." You know, I'm more of the, "Hey, let me smoke those nine and I'll give you my feedback." <laughs> oh, we selected the same one. Cool. You know, that's that's where I'm at. I'm I'm very much on that side of things right now. Um, hopefully, I'll be able to go the other route. That's where I'd like to be at some point. But uh, a guy like Ricky, perfect example. I mean, just he was a sales rep, did a really good job. He was an educator. He prided himself on being an educator. He still is. And, uh, and he got into the, the blending side of things. Well, I've always said the, the best people at anything, whether it's being a salesperson, whether it's being a home designer, whatever, if you have the heart of a teacher, that's usually where you get the best of humanity. When you're really expanding your knowledge and sharing your knowledge, that's really where I think you get the best you can offer. It's funny that you mentioned that exact phrase, heart of a teacher. That's something that I instill in my salespeople on a daily basis. I mean, that's just one of those, like you say, it doesn't matter what your role in life is. Like that's that's how you get in the sandbox with people. Mm -hmm. And I think think more than anything, that comes down to passion. You're not going to teach if you're not if you don't feel passionate about what what you're teaching, you're, or you're, and if you are, you're not going to be a very good teacher. I think I think the, our industry is very different. I think that there's so much so much passion in our industry for what we do and 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 what the what a cigar means to people. I mean, for me, it's the great equalizer. Uh, you can you'll sit there and you'll have a conversation with someone you just met, and you'll sit there and talk to him for an hour, him or her for an hour. Just because you you're smoking a cigar together, I mean, you you could be from totally different walks of life, um, and that's that's the beauty of our industry, and that's what creates that passion, that culture that we have in this industry creates that passion, and and the people that get really passionate about the industry are typically the people that want to share their their knowledge, teach people about the industry, teach people about cigar making, teach people about the culture, the lifestyle that comes along with it. Uh, I mean, and that's and that's the beauty of General Cigar. We have phenomenal people that are in those roles. I mean, between 
Sean Williams with Cohiba, Laurel with Macanudo. You've got to talk to Sean and get him to come and do the show. Oh, with absolutely. Us. I know he doesn't make it up to Nashville very often in these, but I haven't seen that guy in a while. We we definitely want to get him on the show. Yeah, we're planning. I'm planning on trying to get him up here at some point in May, so we we can definitely make that happen. But it's it's just it's just a credit to Regis, the president of our company. He's made a lot of really solid moves since he's been here. Um, he's a tremendous leader. People want to work for him. Uh, the culture that we have at General Cigar is tremendous, and it, and, it, and it shines through our brand ambassadors. I mean, like I said, Laurel, Ricky, Yuri, Sean, Sean Williams, um, Jack Taranio, uh, Justin Andrews with Diesel. Uh, these, these people show up to the events. They're always happy. They're, they're more than willing to share their information. They want to teach people. And, uh, and, it, and it comes from the top down. I mean, Regis has done a really good job assembling these teams of uh, ambassadors. And then our sales team is our everyday ambassadors out there on the road. And, and they do a phenomenal job empowering us, letting us go out there, share the information that we have. Uh, because we can be you know, resources for our retailers, for our consumers, uh, for fans of our brands. So, so I, think, I think General has really done a tremendous job putting these teams together uh, that go out there and, and bring cigars to life, teach people about it, create, it, create more of an experimental environment. Uh, I mean, experiential. experiential. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tough word to get it, out. It's yeah, Friday yeah, yeah, night. Yeah. We'll, we'll give exactly. it to you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. In Nashville, too, on top of it. <laughs> yep. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, it's creating that experience for people. I mean, that heightened sense of awareness when you describe a cigar to someone and you're letting them know what they should expect from that cigar. Every single puff they take, it's not just puffing on a cigar anymore. It becomes an experience. It becomes something that transcends just cigar smoking, where they're sitting there and they're smoking that cigar. They're trying to pick up on the subtleties. They're trying to learn about that tobacco by smoking it. That's, that's what this industry is all about, 100%. You know, you hit the nail on the head there, because, and I've talked about it on the show before, and it's, I try not to talk about other brands when we have a, a, a brand-specific guest, but yeah. that for me is the Opus. Yep. You know, every Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, I smoke an Opus, and it's because that cigar, I know the story behind it, and I know, and, I, and I'm, I'm able to take so much more out of it because, because I have that knowledge. Absolutely. And that's the thing, too, that, that I think... I shouldn't be saying this, but I think a lot of manufacturers fall short uh, in, in that department. And I, I feel like General does a pretty good job. I think we could do better at it, but we're, we're getting there um, with, our, with our ambassadors. They do a tremendous job sharing the stories behind, behind the cigars, but we don't have ambassadors for all brands. So that's where, that's where we kind of lose some of it. But um, the thing is, though, is it's that face-to-face interaction where you're telling that story about the tobacco, like, Last time I was in, on here, we talked about the Partagas Ramoni Ramon, and we talked about the Amazon Anaconda, and we talked about some of these other cigars. The thing is, is these are unique products. The story is tremendous behind those products, and it's our job to share that, those stories to the consumers, to the end, the end consumer that's smoking that product. They should be aware of what's going on. And, and that's the thing about Opus. It's been around for so long. The story's well-known. Everybody knows about it. And, um, and it's a cigar that... Because of that, the hype that surrounds it, I hate to use the word, but... No, that's fair. Yeah, the hype that's around that cigar, when you're smoking it, you already think you're going to be smoking a great cigar. I mean, it's just that because that story is so rich and the history is rich behind that product. And I think that that's, I think that's what, what we try and achieve. I think that's what our marketing team tries to achieve. I think that's what our sales reps and our ambassadors try to achieve. That level where people know 
when they pick that cigar up, they're going to experience something. So going from the macro, from the big picture of General Cigar down to you on a daily basis, if you're going to do an event, what are the steps that go into that? I know the cigar retailers, we talk a lot about going to events. We always tell people, be sure you go to the events when the reps are there. You'll hear some great stories. You'll get a great deal on some cigars. But what do you have to put into that? How much does an event take out of you? I want to know about that part. It all depends. It all, it, an event, it, it really depends on the crowd that, that, that's around you and the consumers that surround you. Um, you, can have, you can have events that for you are in, incredibly rewarding even though you didn't sell a ton of product. That can happen because everybody's engaged. People want to listen to you. People want to hear about the products. They want to learn. They're willing to take recommendations. Those are the best events. And then, you know, if you hit it right and it's an amazing event on top of it, I mean, then it's a win-win. But those are the ones where you show up, you got, you got the arsenal of cigars sitting out there on a table, and you're able to divulge your information to willing ears. That's always the best. I mean, there's nothing better than that. And that, that's the ultimate for me, is when you have a captive audience that, that, wants to, that wants to learn or wants to listen to you wax poetically about the cigars that they're about to smoke. That's the best. So, talking about events and all, I know you end up hosting a lot of the CAO brand ambassadors to different events coming up. Um, what's your next one you got coming up? Give us something coming soon. Yeah, so we have a, we have a series of events we're going to do. Um, there's, there's March 5th is going to be in, uh, I'm sorry, March 6th is going to be in Augusta, Georgia with Rick Rodriguez. March 7th is going to be in Chattanooga at uh, Burns Tobacconist with Rick Rodriguez. And then March 8th is going to be up here at, at the Cigar Club in Madison, Tennessee with Ricky uh, from 5 to 9 on the 8th. Uh, Ricky's probably going to kill me when he sees those travel plans <laughs> because we're going from Augusta to Chattanooga to Nashville. In a That's a lot of windshield span. time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting. I might put him in one of those because he's probably going to be yelling at me the whole time. You know those cargo bins that go on the top of the car? Yeah, there you I'm go. I'm thinking he's small enough I could probably fit him in one of those. <laughs> so I might toss him in there so I don't have to hear him. He's going to be mad. <laughs> Give me a great road story oh. from, pick, from picking some one of these guys up. So my, my favorite one is, uh, and, and Jack Taranio just tagged me in a post on, on Facebook recently about it. Uh, Jack and I uh, got stuck in traffic on our way back to Atlanta from Birmingham, Alabama after an event. And uh, we got stuck in traffic for close to three hours. And it was gridlock. It was, it was a bad accident. So him and I are just trying to find ways to pass the time. And we ended up watching, uh, I forgot what game it was, the World Series. Uh, but he's a huge Cubs fan. We ended up watching it on his phone the whole entire time that we're in, uh, they were in bumper-to-bumper traffic. And, uh, and it was awesome. It was a great, it was a great time. Uh, Jack's super, super fun. He's awesome to travel with. So Jack and I have a lot of stories. We've done a lot of very stupid things uh, and then a lot of really fun things. Typically, the stupid things are really fun. So we've done a lot together. But Ricky's, Ricky's also great to travel with. Sean, I go way back with Sean Williams. So... Sean, you can always ask him where he had the best slice of pizza. It was with me in Rhode Island. Uh, so so all, everyone, everyone I travel with is great. Uh, they're just awesome people to be around. Uh, and that's why they're great at their job is because they're fun to be around. You know, go ahead. Oh, I'm just curious. Do the brand ambassadors have like a rider? Is it like, okay, if I'm going to come, you've got to have 
a bottle of 15-year-old scotch? Is there a rider for some of these brand ambassadors? The only person that has a thing is Ricky, and it's fried chicken. You have to have, you can't have it with you, I mean, because that'd be, that'd be horrible, but you gotta ha- you got to get him fried chicken almost every night before he goes to bed. That's like his thing. That's the only thing that's diva-esque about Ricky. Other than that, he's, <laughs> he's got zero diva in him. Uh, but you got to get him his fried chicken. That you have to get it. And, and if you don't, he's miserable. This is how it works. So you got to get him some fried chicken at some point. So are you going to take him to one of the hot chicken places when you got him up uh, here? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna make make sure it's some El Diablo stuff. You can't there you even, go. Yeah, oh yeah. You won't be able to taste a cigar for a week. <laughs> <laughs> Everything tastes like rubber for a month. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, we're gonna step away for a quick break. When we come back, we've got much more questions for Sean. Love sitting here picking his brain. And we'll be back after the Cigar Under 8. Trey here with your Cigar Under $8 this week. I want to talk about one of my absolute favorite cigars of all time, and I can't believe we haven't touched on it yet. It's the Padron 3000. Uh, anybody who's heard the show before knows I absolutely love everything Padron does, especially in the 1000 series. The 3000 in particular retails right around 6 bucks. so even as a budget cigar, it's really way down there. It's a Nicaraguan Puro. It is chock full of flavor. It's a little bit on the spicy side. Uh, that... I prefer the Maduro wrapper, so you get some nice kind of leathery, well, it looks like an old worn-out leather couch, but you really can't go wrong. It makes a perfect daily smoke. I smoke one in my car just about every single day, and I really don't think you can go wrong. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane Reeves. I'm sitting here with Trey Dedman. Welcome back, everybody. Sean Hardman is joining us, and he's been regaling us with stories of, of the life of the cigar rep. Now, real quick, for listeners that didn't catch episode 43 yet, how did you back into this business? Yeah, it was, it was through golf originally. So I was a, I've always, well, not really always, but when I turned 20, I quit hockey, started playing golf, got introduced to cigars, and uh, ended up, you know, getting intoxicated by the industry, essentially. So, ended up just going out and seeing if I could get a managerial position at the shop. Ended up working there for four years. Learned a lot about tobacco there. Great shop owner. And then uh, La Florida Minicana came knocking. Ended up working for them for two years. And boom, here I am with General. And what are you going on about two years here as well? Yeah, just over two years now. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. Now, General's such a wide umbrella. Is, was it a little daunting switching companies? I mean, did it seem like, wow, I'm going to have to really spend a lot of time hitting the books? Or was it a little more fly by the seat of the pants? How does that work? How do you bring a new rep in? So uh, my training, man, I could probably get fired for saying this, but my training consisted of two days. Uh, so my boss uh, just said to me, he goes, I feel like I'm just getting in the way. You got this under control. Because I already had all the relationships and all the accounts anyway. So he's like, you got this under control. I, I just feel like I'm not adding anything to this. Uh, and the systems were similar to what we had you know, at my previous employer. So it wasn't a big deal. I, I was able to kind of hit the ground running. But the, the, the catalog is just amazingly large. They, people would ask me about cigars. And I'm like, we make that? Like, so in the beginning, <laughs> the first month, there was a lot of that. Let me, uh, let me get some El Rico Habanos. Do, do we make that? Is, there, is that someone else 
then you look through the catalog and you look through the catalog for 10 minutes and it's like oh okay yeah we do make that all right yeah i can get you those yeah how many do you want <laughs> so uh there was a lot of that in the beginning uh but over time you start to learn even S- sku numbers and now it's like a rolodex up there it's it's scary some nights i'll go to sleep and think about oh my god i forgot to do this for an account oh he he ordered this this and this and you'll wrap off 10 boxes off the top of your head that you know the guy needs and you're just like what happened in my life you know so so uh, what had what did i have to forget to remember that exactly exactly (laughs) so it's it's crazy now i mean there's such a vast umbrella of products but we are shrinking that uh we're going to focus a lot more on on our top sellers and and we're going to shrink the catalog for sure over time we just need to. We need to streamline things, make things easier for us to handle, and, uh, and make it make it easier on our retailers as well. So we're we're definitely in the process of doing that, which we need to. So yeah, we're working on it. Does General do house blends for different companies for different shops? Is there any of that goes on? Yeah, we do have a private label business, so we we do have quite a few products that we make for for retailers. But with the current FDA climate. That, that side of things, if, if you didn't have it already, we're not, we're not doing new ones because there's just no point at this current moment. I mean, it, it's very cost prohibitive to put, you know, house blends out there for, for accounts that want them, for them and for us. Yeah, why, why bring something in that you're just going to have to get rid of in a year or so? Exactly, exactly. Under the current climate, the private label business you're seeing throughout the industry is definitely going to slow down. You know, that's an aspect of that that I, have, I hadn't really considered. Yeah, it's, it's, that's one of the worst parts of the whole, the whole deeming, you know, well, not deeming now, but the, the, the FDA regulations that are in place is it really is going to stunt the amount of new products that can find their way to the market, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to stop people from starting new companies. It's just going to be too cost prohibitive. So that, that's definitely one of the worst sides of that. The, the regulations. So we talk a lot about the regulations and we talk about how that's going to impact the cigar industry negative. Is there anything positive going to come out of that? Have y'all in your research found anything that's going to benefit us, the cigar smoker, coming out of all that? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, more for the retailers. There's, there's some positive stuff for the retailers. The retailers are going to have... Um, their, their humidors are going to become more streamlined. It's going to be easier for them to operate. There's going to be less stuff on the market. There's going to be less stuff for them to worry about or learn about on top of it. So that's going to be a little bit easier for them. I don't really foresee it being all that bad of a thing, and it's not really all that great of a thing. I mean, it's, it's just how the industry is going to be moving forward. I don't think it's going to stifle innovation. There's other ways for us to innovate. Um, there's plenty of predicate blends within our within our company, so we'll be able to continuously keep rolling out new product and an innovative product and, and even you know new tobaccos at certain points, stuff like that. So we're going to have the ability to keep doing that. We're the people that are really going to get hurt is the smaller manufacturers that don't have the massive catalog and they don't have a ton of predicate product. Those are the guys that are going to struggle, um, and that's unfortunate because a lot of my friends own, operate, work for smaller manufacturers. So that's the negative side. That's the big time negative side. But I don't really see things changing all that much at retail, to be honest with you. I mean, the only thing that's going to happen is there's just going to be a little bit less 
variety in product, but it's it's not going to be much. I mean, most of your retailers only support two or three um, boutique companies, maybe four at the most. So, you know, they might lose a little bit of what they have on the shelf. But other than that, I think that you'll still see what you've been smoking over the years is still going to be available. And from a, you know... If, if that frees up the shop owners to, instead of learning about new product and constantly, you know, turning the humidor around, things like that, it allows them to free up some of their brain space for running their business and maybe streamlining mm-hmm. um, some other aspects and just really run their business in a different way. So it could, we could see some benefits to the actual consumer from a, from a shop environment standpoint. Absolutely. I, th- I think the, the biggest benefit to the consumer is the collaborations. You're going to see a ton of collaborations now. Because if, if you are a manufacturer that doesn't have a ton of predicate blends, you're going to have to work with someone that does. So you're going to have, you know, X company working with Y company's tobacco. So you're going to get a totally different spin on, on someone else's product uh, for another manufacturer. So, it, so it's, 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 there's going to be manufacturers collaborating with each other. There's going to be brands collaborating with other manufacturers. There's going to be collaborations galore. That's why you're seeing a lot of the... AJ Fernandez stuff coming out here with under other manufacturers um, because he's got predicate product. So we're gonna people are gonna work with him. So that's that's one side of things that you're gonna see. You're gonna see more and more and more collaborations between brands, between manufacturers, everything. It's gonna it's definitely gonna be the era of collaboration moving forward, which is gonna make for some really interesting partnerships, some really interesting products. Um, new new takes on existing products. I mean, it's going to be, you know, a bunch of different things going on. There's going to be a lot of, a lot of opportunities to try different spin, uh, different spin on certain people's tobacco. Yeah. yeah, you know, and we both after the show this year smoked different versions of the AJ um, collaborations, and both really, and we even pointed out that man, it seems to be the year of the collaboration. So that kind of helps us understand where that's coming from, mm-hmm. and I. Th- I think we both really enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, I've really enjoyed a lot of the collaborations. That's some of the collaborations I've smoked. The only, the only downfall of the collaboration cigar for me is there's so many people with their hand out, you end up paying more for your stick. There's so many people got to get a piece of the pie. It get it does at some point get passed to the consumer. Y- yes and no. It depends. So it, it, that um, that all comes down to the minutia behind the scenes that I don't even, I can't even grasp. So I don't even, that's way above my pay grade, essentially. Um, but, but it'll still be like it always has been. The bigger manufacturers are going to have the ability to offer up products cheaper. It's just going to be that way. I mean, so it's, no matter what we do, it's, it's always going to be that way. Even if we collaborate with someone, we'll be able to sell it at a, at a cheaper price than the smaller manufacturer. Just kind of, we'll, we'll keep seeing that. So as long as we're talking about new stuff, uh, do you have does General have anything that you can talk about that they're either just launched or getting ready to that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, uh, I can I can talk about one, uh, and I'm I'm actually really excited about this one. Um, I'm really excited. I got to see what we're what we're planning on for the rest of the year. Sadly, most of it it's mums the word. Uh, you know, I don't want to be breaking exclusives over here and, and someone gets mad at me. It uh, might up our, our listenership. Just tell them I said it was okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the Macanudo Inspirado Red is, is one that's, that's coming out very, very soon. 
and uh, and that cigar is tremendous. The the blend. You got people dropping things over there. <laughs> Everything okay? No you one always know when Allie's right. working. It sounds like a car crash. Yeah, someone. Yeah, we, we, I was checking outside, make sure no one's hurt out there. Shots fired. Um, so so yeah, the the Inspirado Red is is a really interesting product that's going to be coming out. Uh, it's going to be available in three Vitolas. You're going to have a box press Robusto, standard Toro that's not box pressed, and then you're going to have a six by sixty. So we're kind of hitting all the big selling. Uh, sizes in in the industry, and the product itself is phenomenal. Uh, it's, in my opinion, it's the best Macanudo we've put out, and it, I love it. I think the cigar is phenomenal. It, it probably is one of the best cigars we've ever made, in my opinion, as a company. Tremendous cigar. It's going to be in that medium to full-bodied realm. Honduran, Nicaraguan tobacco is, is makes up most of the most of the blend. I don't really know all the blend specifics i mean everything i've smoked doesn't even have a band on it so i mean there's you know um so i know that it's on during in nicaraguan and uh it's just a tremendous blend like i said it's in that medium to full-bodied realm it'll be in my estimation the fullest macanudo that we've offered to date it's got a lot of spice up front once you get through that initial spice it's got a really heavy smoke to it like that cream element tremendous amount of flavor really really good cigar uh and and the box press robusto i fell in love with it the first time i smoked it it is just an amazing size and i hate smoking six by sixties full disclosure and the six by sixty is really good you know it's a really good blend so so i think i know which one you'll be picking up yeah well i was just thinking how do i get my hands on a six by (laughs) sixty we'll talk to austin yeah (laughs) exactly we'll have to negotiate that yeah um but yeah i mean I was handed a handful uh, of samples of it, and uh, they've all disappeared. No one got to enjoy them other than myself. <laughs> They're great. It's so where does the red in the name come from? Is that just marketing, or is there something, you know, because there's a couple of reds out there. there. There is a little bit of a backstory behind that. I'm going to wait and let the, the marketing team yeah, the tell marketing us about team it. team do that, <laughs> yeah, because I, 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 don't, I don't wear that hat, uh, and, I'm, and I'm not as good as they are at waxing poetically about, about it. But, yeah, there's, there'll be a little backstory behind it. Um, but, yeah, it, the, the blend is just a tremendous product, and we really also like the way that the red presents itself. We really think that it, it just has that elegant, classy look to it, the boxes are beautiful. The bands look tremendous. Um, the presentation of that product in 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 that red with that with that, and it's got a beautiful Colorado wrapper on the outside. I mean, this thing, it's one of the prettiest wrappers you're going to see. And with that red band on it, it just shines. It looks it looks tremendous. So, is this the three bears theory? Is it we had the Macanudo white that was a little lighter, we had the Macanudo black that was a little darker, and the red's going to be just right? Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, I mean, color-wise, yeah. And then, and then also you have the Macanudo Orange, the Inspirado Orange, which is more on that Claro. It's not a Claro, but it's, it's Colorado, but it's a lighter side of the, the Colorado side of things. So it's, it's definitely something that's going to be just below Maduro in color. Okay. So it's that, it's that darker side of Colorado on the color, uh, but it's... It's just a beautiful looking cigar. I mean, they they really are phenomenal looking. I mean, you just look at it, you know, it's going to be good. It's one of those kind of sticks. It's oily. It's dense. It's great seeing how excited you are yeah. getting thinking about this cigar. Yeah, it's it, it's <laughs> going to be it's going to be it's something I'm really excited 
that, that we're making. It's, it's something that Macanudo ha- has needed, I think. And it's something that the t- non-typical, you know, the guy that doesn't pick up Macanudo all the time, he, he's going to be interested in smoking the cigar. It's not, it, this thing's going to transcend the Macanudo name. You know, the Macanudo name is, is 50 years old. It's, it's arguably the biggest name in the entire cigar industry. There's a lot of people that, that, that view it as, as a brand that they, they'll smoke you know, here and there, but it's not something that's fully in their rotation. But it's something now, this cigar is going to be that rotation smoke for those guys. Now, which was the Macanudo that had the hard band, that actually had the metal band? I love that cigar, and not, it doesn't seem like a lot of people carry it. Which one was that? Yeah, so that's the vintage 1997 a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper on the outside. We made it in a Perfecto, a Toro, and a Robusto. We still make it. Um, it's it's got a stainless steel steel band on the outside. People at events all the time wear them as rings. It's, it's <laughs> kind of funny. It, it doesn't fit my hand. I don't know. Maybe maybe I have small hands. Um, so so it's it's just that's a great cigar. It really is. It's just something that that it's tough to get. We don't make a ton of it. So you don't see it in every place, but the places that have it are glad they do. Yeah, yeah. It's a really good smoke. Great smoke. Every time I see one somewhere, I tend to pick one up just because I know. And I, I like the physics of it. I like handling that hard band. I just yep. Something about that is so unique in the cigar business. Oh, and it presents great. I mean, it's, it's such a cool presentation on that cigar. It's, it's awesome. They're great smokes. So what is the top of the line if i wanted the best cigar that general cigar produces what is the cadillac that's a good question it would either be it would either be our cohiba macazar or the red dot the cohiba red dot though the cohiba red dot to me is another cigar that has a tremendous story and it is such a good cigar it has a Cameroon wrapper leaf on the outside. It's authentic Cameroon. It's from the Merrifeld family out in Cameroon, Africa. It's the real deal. It's the most expensive wrapper leaf in the world. Oh. Oh, yeah. By, by a wide margin, too. It is not cheap. And then it has an Indonesian Jember binder. And that binder is also very unique. There's no cigar on the planet that has that combination of binder and wrapper. So it, that's incredibly unique. And Jember is not, not cheap either. And then it has... Dominican Piloto Cubano inside of the core and I don't even know how old it is it's probably from the Mesozoic era before it makes its way into our into our uh, into our Cohibas I know it's old um, it's probably like 09 2010 I mean, it's really old filler tobacco so it's got a tremendous amount of balance the wrapper leaf is is delicate but it's delicious it's a great wrapper the binder brings it brings a nice little savory element to that cigar and that Dominican Piloto Cubano is just, it's like smoke and velvet. It's just got that thick smoke, super creamy. And, uh, and the Macazar is very much the same way. I mean, it's just a phenomenal cigar, medium full. It's definitely the fullest option in the Cohiba line. And it just screams decadence. I mean, it's just, the band is beautiful. The boxes are made out of real Macazar wood. I mean, it's, it's the real deal. So between those two, you can't really go wrong. What, what are you looking at MSRP on one of those? Those are going to be anywhere, depending on your you know, local taxes, anywhere from about 21 bucks to about 27 bucks, Somewhere in that neck of the woods. And the Cohiba Red Dots range anywhere from about 14 
all the way up to about $24 a stick. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's not bad. I mean... No, not bad at all. Based on what you're telling us about the cigar, it seems a lot less expensive than I was expecting. Yeah, we, we, we have a great relationship with the Merrifield family out there in Cameroon. They do a tremendous job for us, and, uh, and, and we are by far and away their number one purchaser of their tobacco. So we, 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 get, uh, we get it right from uh, Cameroon. It's awesome. It's, that's the best tobacco out there, in my opinion, or one of them. Now, give me a sleeper. What's the cigar that is not wide released out there, but if you wander into a humidor and you find one to pick one up, give me the sleeper. The sleeper. Sleeper always, to me, is a mild cigar because the people that smoke full-bodied or medium won't pick it up. So I'm thinking the CAO Columbia. That is a great cigar. Oh, God, yeah. And you can find them. I mean, they're not, they're not hard to find, but it's something that... But people always pick up the Brasilia because it's sitting right next to it. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. That, that happens quite a bit. It, the Brasilias are so well-known within the industry. Yeah. And then the Amazon coming out, it, the Brazilian tobacco is you know, red hot right now. I mean, Brazilian tobacco is doing really, really well. Anything that says Brazil on it is going to sell at the current moment. Um, That's going to be a green band, Shane. That, yes, Brazil, <laughs> Brazil yeah. the national color green. Exactly, exactly. And then the Colombia... It's a, it's an amazing blend. I mean, Ricky really did a phenomenal job with this cigar. I mean, so it has a Nicaraguan wrapper leaf on the outside, but it's a he, he found this wrapper leaf that is very mild. Not only is it mild, it, it, it doesn't impart, it doesn't dominate the flavor profile like most wrapper leaves do. So most wrapper leaves are going to be 70, 80% of the flavor profile of the cigar, this wrapper leaf is not. It's going to be 40% of the flavor profile, 30 maybe. And then that binder is, is Cameroon, but it's a lower priming Cameroon binder. So that also is a pretty neutral tobacco. So that's not going to add a ton to the flavor profile of the cigar. But the Colombian tobacco that's inside the core is, in my opinion, the most flavorful filler tobacco that you can get. I mean, it's in the Consigliere. It's in, it's in um, the Colombia, of course. And in the Columbia, it really shines because that blend is kind of from inside out instead of outside in. So it's a different style of blending. And it really showcases that Colombian tobacco. And Colombian tobacco is just incredibly sweet tobacco. It has hints of cedar that run all the way throughout it. I don't know why it tastes like cedar, but it just does. It always does. You smoke in pure format, and it's the... It is the most approachable tobacco you will ever smoke in pure format. There's nothing that's quite like it. The only thing that would be close is maybe Brazilian Matafina in approachability. So it's, it's a very approachable tobacco, but it's something that has so much flavor, and that cigar has so much flavor that if you're a full-bodied cigar smoker, you'll enjoy it. I mean, it's something you can smoke all day long. It's just a, it's just a great smoke because it's got a ton of flavor. So we, you hit real quick on the conciliary. One of my favorite, definitely my favorite CAO release. Um, it used to be the Sopranos cigar. I can't say that, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the, um, it was interesting because I was at a cigar shop down in Madison, Alabama, and the guy that runs that cigar shop said, I can't believe these are selling because I came in and asked for them when they were being released. I said, I need this cigar. He said, I can't believe I'm selling these. He said, I did not know there was that many people out there that missed that cigar blend. Oh, yeah. It was... Uh out of all the CAO releases, when we, when we came back out with the Consigliere, the other name for it, which I can't say, was the number one searched 
CAO product on all the major search engines. You mean it wasn't the moon trance? <laughs> You'd be surprised. That's probably top five. It really is. It really, yeah. We saw a lot of those. Uh, but yeah, it was the number one search CAO product still on all those social media channel, uh, social media channels and search engines. So it was. It, it had its own little cult following. And, uh, and when it went away, the cult following remembered that cigar and they still wanted it. And that's why it's been very successful on the relaunch of that product. It, it, it's just a tremendous blend. I mean, you, you, I don't care what anybody says. You put Brazilian Matafina and Colombian tobacco, I don't care what the rest is. You put those two, those two tobaccos in a blend, and it's going to be tremendous because they play so well together. It's sweet on sweet, tons of flavor. They're both incredibly flavorful tobaccos, and it, it's just like a, they're delicious. I mean, that's a great cigar, and, uh, and because we don't have that name on it anymore it's much more approachable price point wise see that's what i was about to say is i always avoided the original launch because of the price point and yep. and that was early enough in my smoking career that i wasn't spending the kind of money i am today because my palate palate wasn't quite as as where it is yep and so i was really impressed with the consigliere because when i came back to it it was it was affordable it was approachable and you're right it's a delicious cigar and really surprised me as well oh yeah and the best part about it is that we went back to the original blend at, at, there was a point before we owned cao where they had to switch the wrapper leaf to connecticut broadleaf and they had to do it. I mean, we, we even ran in, into some issues with the wrapper. It's, this is a very finicky wrapper to work with. So it's, it's because of its difficulty to work with and the ease that, that, to work with Connecticut Broadleaf. I mean, it's just so easy to work with uh, Connecticut Broadleaf. They end up switching the wrapper to Connecticut Broadleaf at some point. And I feel like the blend wasn't right for Connecticut Broadleaf. And now that it's back with the Matafina wrapper leaf on the outside, I mean, it's, it's just... It's a great cigar. It really is. One of my favorite cigars. I mean, definitely my favorite one CAO makes. So if you're dealing with a virgin palate, if you're dealing with somebody who's never picked up a cigar and they want to pick up a general cigar, what do you put in their hand? CAO Columbia. Not just because we mentioned it. It is a little fresh in my mind still, but uh, the Columbia is just something that you can ask, the, like, how do, you, how do you like your coffee if you're a coffee drinker? Well, you know, I like my coffee sweet i like sugar i like cream sayo columbia is right there for you that's going to be the perfect stick for that person um and then if they because i always ask generic questions i always ask what kind of coffee do you like um you know even you can even go as far as to ask them what kind of gum do they chew it sounds crazy but anything that that allows you i'm using that as an example that's a little extreme but <laughs> but anything that 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 you you can you can understand Oh, all right. Well, they like something on the sweeter side. So I'm going to need to find them a sweeter product. Okay, well, they, they like something that's more on the drier side. If you're on the wine side and you're asking what wines they like, I'm going to get them something that's Nicaraguan. Uh, if they like if they like something savory, if they have a salt-driven palate, they like salty foods, they're going to like Dominican tobacco. So the, the more you get to know the person, their habits outside of the cigar industry, the, the, the better chance you have of putting them in something that they're going to like. And then if they're... And if they're on the extreme side of things, they they like their coffee black, and they like everything in their life to be full body. They like spicy food. They like all those things. Still get them a full-bodied cigar, but tell them if they're starting to you know feel a little weird or or just smoke half of it. Don't worry about the rest. It's okay. You're enjoying it. 
don't worry about it. Put, put that other half out in the ashtray. You don't need to finish the cigar. We just want to get you something that you're going to enjoy. I don't want to get you something mild when you're into Nashville hot chicken. It just doesn't make sense. You know, so we got to get you into something that's fuller bodied. Don't finish it, though. We don't want to see you, you, don't want to see you die. You know what I mean? But we want you to enjoy that experience. We want you to want to come back and try cigars again. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people do is they incorrectly just put everybody into a Connecticut. I'm going to get you a Connecticut because you're just starting out. And sometimes that's the wrong move to make because they'll be like, well, you know, I'm not getting a lot of flavor out of this or it's not right for me. It's always better to get them into something maybe that's fuller, even if it's right out of the gate and maybe it's too strong for them. But tell them, you know, smoke a little bit of it. That's all you got to do. Just smoke a little bit, enjoy it, put it out. Excellent. Well, Sean, it has flown by just like it did last time, and we really appreciate you stopping by. And um, I want to give you an opportunity to plug your events coming up real quick one more time before we say goodnight. Yeah, so so we have the 6th, 7th, and 8th, and the 6th is going to be down in Augusta, Georgia at Marcella's. Uh, and, and we're going to be doing that with Ricky from 5 to 9. The 7th is going to be at Burns Tobacconist in Chattanooga, and we're also going to be doing that from, from uh, 4 to 8. And, and then the last one is going to be on the 8th at the Cigar Club in Madison, Tennessee, and we're doing that 4 to 8 as well. And, uh, and all the events are going to be featuring something from the Amazon uh, Trilogy. So we're going, to have, yeah, we're going to have something there from the Amazon Trilogy, and, uh, and definitely Flathead will be the other one. So th- those will be the main two that we're, that we're selling during those events. Well, excellent. Well, thank you so much for stopping by. I want to remind our listeners, you can always reach us uh, via social media at facebook.com slash thecigarcast, Instagram and Twitter at thecigarcast, and good old-fashioned email info at thecigarcast.com. Follow them. (laughs) Well, thanks, everybody, for listening this week. Sean, thanks for taking the time to sit down with us for a few minutes and let us know what General's got coming out. I always find myself after we talk to you going in the humidor and trying to find some of these absolutely that's these my goal rare, <laughs> these rare finds at all but in the meantime all of you sit down enjoy a good cigar and think well of us